All right. Um, praise God. Uh, Pat, could you take this back? I was a little late putting in. Thank you, brother. All right, time for God's word, time to, time to eat, time to grow, time to be redeemed, time to have our minds renewed, time to refresh ourselves from all the world that is put, put in us that truth might grow. So let's bow our heads one more time as we pray for the, our hearts that the word might be received. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ for the opportunity to feed your sheep that you love so much that you died for. You laid down your life for these people that have believed on you for eternal life, God. And you've blessed me to have the uh, opportunity to feed them. I get to feed your sheep. What a wonderful uh, job you've given me this morning, but I'm going to need your help. So I ask that you would remove me, every ounce of me, my thoughts, my thinking, my ways, God, and replace them with you. Holy Spirit, I call upon you this morning to anoint me with the ability to teach truth in such a way that a child all the way to an adult can receive it. I thank you that this morning there will be milk for those who need milk and there will be meat for those who need meat. I pray in Jesus' name that the lies of the enemy will be uprooted today, that you will show us the condition of our heart and allow our lives to produce much glory for you, God. We are free from lies. We are free from hurt. We are free from untruths. We are free from bitterness. We are free from pain. We are free from all those things that we experience, God, in this world. And we want our new experience to only be new life in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin. Today's message, we're in the series called Rooted in Truth. We want to make sure that our lives are rooted in Christ so that we can produce godly fruit. When we were sinful, we produced sinful fruit. The lust, the lying, the envy, the jealousy, the anger, the wrath, all those things come from the world and our old nature. So we need to take our lives completely and root them in Jesus Christ so that we can produce the fruit in which he desires that we have. So today's message is entitled, Guarding the Soil of Your Heart. Guarding the Soil of Your Heart. Our new life in Christ comes with a new heart and spirit full of his grace and truth. This godly heart must be guarded as we actively reject lies and protect the truth. Would you place your hand on your heart for me and just say this with me? Jesus, I surrender the soil of my heart to you. Soften it. So that your truth alone grows here. In Jesus' name, amen. When we first started this series, the first message was entitled, Seeds, Roots, and Fruits. And those rooted in Christ produce the righteous fruit that pleases God. Disobedience and lies threaten this freedom. It's time to uproot evil fruit with the truth. So there's been some things that have happened to you over your lifetime, and I call those events seeds. And from that event or from that seed, roots grow, and at times there can be some things that are ungodly fruit like depression or uh, low self-esteem, low self-image. Uh, as I've been 
been studying this and God's been walking me through this. I, uh, this morning or the day before, went all the way back to the fourth grade when I wrote a poem and the teacher accused me of plagiarizing the poem. I, I couldn't just be fresh, you know. I couldn't just be the bomb. I, I, had, to, I had to cheat or something. And that was a seed. That event became a seed. And from that, you got to say, okay, God, if I never healed from that, there might still be some fruit that comes out of me when certain things happen. So uh, maybe uh, if I'm a little bit overprotective or if I'm a little bit uh, uh, defensive when it comes to my art or what I do, it's because I had something happen to me as a child that was not rooted in truth, this lie hurt me. And if we don't uproot some of those things that happened to us as children or before Christ, we'll still begin seeing that fruit in our lives. So we need truth. So those seeds have to come out and be replanted in Christ, replanted in truth. The next message last Sunday was called Growing Where God Plants Us. In the beginning, God placed in us his goodness, placed us in his goodness. But through deception came death, and displacement. We must be replanted in truth to obtain life in Christ. So we know Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden, and then the devil came in to deceive them and cause them to be evicted from the goodness of God. That's the same thing that continues to happen to us when we believe the enemy's lies about ourselves, or if we believe the enemy's lies about uh, certain things that have happened to us. We've got to be careful that our entire life is planted in truth, in righteousness, in holiness, and not in those things, the deceptions and lies that the enemy has caused. So that now brings us to today's message, which is entitled again, Guarding the, heart, the Soil of Your Heart. Let's go to Proverbs now. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 23, and this will be on the screen for those who don't have your Bible. We're learning how important the soil of our heart is, the things that we believe, the, the, the new spirit that God has given us, okay? Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. This is Solomon talking to his son, all right? My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate Deep into your heart. Where? Your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it will determine the course of your life. So we've got to be very careful about the information that we take into our heart because it can change the course of our whole life. If a child is told from a, a very early age that he'll never be anything, uh, you are going to be poor because your dad was poor and your grandpa was poor, or you're going to have high blood pressure because your dad had high blood pressure and your grandfather had high blood pressure, it produces a seed in their heart. And whatever gets into your heart, please hear me today, whatever gets into your heart to where that you will believe it, it will produce that thing as well. So we've got to guard our heart against lies. We have to guard our heart against untruths. We've got to be very careful about what makes it into the soil of our heart. So don't try to repair the old heart when by faith you can live from the new one. 
So some of you have had very broken lives. There's been some things that have happened to you. You've had loved ones die. You've been divorced. You've lost jobs. You've lost homes. And you say, Lord, this heart of mine has been through a lot. And I was praying the other day about some issues in my own heart, right? Because our heart, apart from God, is not a good place. Our heart, apart from God, can be desperately wicked. And as I was praying for God to clean up some things in my heart that I saw that I didn't like, he said to me, why don't you just take the new one? And that just blew me apart because we're always under construction sometimes on our old life. Like, oh, if I could just stop doing this, if I could just stop cussing, if I could just stop getting drunk, if I could just stop lusting, if I could just stop all these things that come from my old heart. And the Lord says, listen, I didn't die to fix your heart. I died to give you a new life in me. So take the new life. Church, can you say this with me? I must take the new life. Listen, we will never, apart from God, be good enough for heaven. So that is why Jesus came in the form of a man, and all of our sins were placed upon him. And when he died, we died as well, and we've been given a new nature in Christ. Here's what Psalms 119.11 says. Your word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that's what David is saying. Lord, I take your word, I take the truth, and I hide it in my heart so that I won't sin against you. What does this mean? If I have truth in my heart, I cannot produce sinful fruit. If I have truth in my heart, I will produce the fruit of righteousness because I am believing the truth. So what we must begin to do is say, Holy Spirit, if we see some things that are in our lives that should not be, you say, Lord, take me to the seed. Take me to that event and uproot that thing with truth. Freedom is in truth. How do we know this? Because the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So if you're actively believing lies about yourself, it's destroying you. And you must begin to say, Lord, I don't want to live like this. I want to live like you. Jesus is the standard for every Christian. So don't compare yourself to anyone else. I want to live the life I saw Jesus live because the word of God says that as Jesus was in this world, so are we. So never do this. Never try to live life like Jesus with your old heart, with your old self. You've been recreated. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. That's so important to believe. So what does God's word do for us? Why did David say, your word have I hidden and treasured in my heart? Because here's what God's word or Jesus does for us. It exposes evil fruit, intentions, and thoughts, and allows, them to, allows us to replace them with truth. So if you do not read your Bible, if you do not introduce truth to your heart, lies will be allowed to live there. I'll say it again. If when you read your Bible, it's like allowing Jesus to walk through your heart and pull up all the lies that you believing and replant them in his self and say, you know what? Don't think that about yourself. You say, I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I, I, I just can't do these things. And he says, you can do all things through me. I'm the one that strengthens you. And then when you receive that truth, 
the shackles fall off, the, the roots of the lies fall off because freedom brings you truth. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7, and it says this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So not just getting saved one time and then we don't follow him anymore, but we continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. So we must allow our roots, our thoughts to grow into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I told you last week, the only reason that I'm a blessed man is because I'm obedient to the word of God. I'm a college dropout. Uh, I, I still was able to become a police officer even after having a DUI because once God gets a hold of you, nothing else matters. When, once God gets a hold of you and you begin applying the truth of the word of God to your life, you become an unstoppable force along with God because his word never fails. He says, every time I speak, my word never comes back to me not fulfilled. So it doesn't matter what your resume looked like before you started believing. It doesn't matter how terrible your childhood was or, or the state of your marriage. When you decide to say, you know what? I'm going to start believing the truth about what God says. Your life will become fruitful. Because that is what God has demanded that we be. Be fruitful because we re he receives much glory from our fruitfulness. So now we're going to talk about the condition of our heart's soil. Because week after week, many of you listen to these messages. Or week after week, you attend churches. But why is it that there seems to be no change? Why is it that there sometimes seems to be no impact, no growth. I, I hear these words, but my life doesn't reflect it. I, I, I surround myself with heavenly knowledge and truth, but when I look out, I don't see that growing in my life. So what's wrong with me? What's going on? Let's go to Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, as we learn the parable of the farmer. Verse, uh, Matthew 13, uh, beginning in verse 1. Later the same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate them. What did the birds do? They ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. What happened because they didn't have deep roots? They what? They died because their roots weren't deep. Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear 
should hear, um, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So listen to me. What God desires is that the condition of our hearts be fertile soil, okay? Very fertile soil. And the, the condition of the, the product should be uh, 30, 60, 100. Church, say this with me. 30, 60, 100. So all of us have the potential after hearing the word of God to produce something from in our lives that is either 30, 60, or 100 times what we've heard or been sown into. But the problem becomes, what was the condition of your heart when you heard the truth? So some of us heard some incredible truths at the beginning of our Christian walk, but our heart wasn't quite enough receptive to them. And still, we think that we've heard that or we've understood that, but the cares of this world could have choked that seed out from the very beginning. Or we didn't grow deep roots in that truth. And so now the sun has beat upon us and caused those plants to grow. I'm sorry, those, bl- those plants or those truths to die. So my question that we must ask ourselves this morning is, what was the condition of your heart when you first heard God's truth about finances, marriage, or even physical intimacy. So just a little bit ago, before offering, I gave you truth about how to give. But the condition of each of your heart's soil were different. So sometimes, as soon as a pastor or a preacher begins to talk about money, our hearts harden. Why? Because there's been some abuses before. There's been some people you've been manipulated, you've been cheated, you've been hurted before. So the condition of your heart when you heard the truth about how to give made you turn against that truth and not really receive it. So I pray this morning, because we desire to be blessed, 30, 60, 100, that when you receive the truth about how to give or how to live in any way, you say, God, and you should do this before you come to church or before you ever hear a message, you you need to say, God, check the soil of my heart. Make sure that this word, this truth that I'm about to hear produces a hundred. Why not ask big? I'm not going to ask for 30 if I can have 60. And I'm not going to ask for 60 if I can have a hundred. Lord, prepare my heart to grow your word so that I might have truth times 100 and see those blessings in my life. Let's move on now to Matthew chapter 13. Verses 18 through 23, now Jesus is going to explain the parable. And here we will learn about the different kinds of conditions of the types of soil that we can have in our heart. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes. Who comes? The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So what would that have looked like a few moments ago? Ah, so the devil's whispering in your ear as I talk about how to be blessed. Ah, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. He just wants to buy new bins. Well, actually, I bought a a Volkswagen six years ago that was wrecked, right? And we fixed it up. So don't let the enemy lie to you about what the truth. I've never had a Benz. Nothing wrong with the Benz, but I don't have a Benz budget. 
I got, I had to go buy a rec car budget and get that fixed up, and God blessed me to do that, right? So don't let the enemy snatch truth from you because your heart is hard about certain things. Understand? Let's keep going. Verse 20. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. So in that instance, it will be like, okay, if this is the way to be blessed, I'm going to do it. I planned on giving 20, but today I'm going to give 30 or whatever it might be. All right. Verse 21. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So what will happen is, well, maybe uh, you didn't have enough money to supersize it. And the enemy gets on a hold of you and says, you know what? If you would have not, if you would have just gave 20 instead of 25, you could have supersized it. And you're like, you know what? I'm hungry and I'm never doing that again. I want to supersize my fries next time, right? So the enemy comes in and snatches that word from you again because he's a thief. He doesn't want you to be blessed, and he does not want the kingdom of God to be blessed, all right? Let's keep going. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents us, church. And listen to, listen to what our soil looks like. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of how much? 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So what do we have to be aware of? So we're talking about, we're learning about the, the guarding the soil of our heart. So what do we have to be careful of? We've got to be careful of these things I call thought ceilings and root blockers, right? So we want our thoughts to be heavenly, but sometimes occasions and circumstances cause our mind not to be go not to be able to go high enough because we're choked out by the cares of this world I want to believe you God in this but my bills say this or I want you to I want to believe that you can heal me God but the doctor says this these, these thought blockers, right? These rocks, these stones that form in our belief system and in our heart because the, care of, the cares of the world are too big. Please hear me. If the cares of the world are too big, then the truth cannot grow deep into your heart. So you've got to make God bigger. Make God bigger than your worries, your frustrations, and your concerns and say, you know what? I'm going to believe the truth no matter what these eyes see. And that's why it is required that we walk by faith and not by sight. Something else we have to be aware of is the sinful fruit that comes from the soul of the old, the soil rather, of the old heart, the ungodly mind. So we have access to two minds. Once you're born again, you still have access to two minds. There's the new mind, the spiritual mind, and there's the carnal mind, the sinful mind. And what God desires that we do to have life and peace is to use this new mind that Jesus Christ has given us because we now have the mind of Christ. But our problem, church, is this. 
Sometimes there's some tradition. Sometimes there's some strongholds. Sometimes there's some family values. Sometimes there's some American values that cause you to think opposite of the way God wants you to. So you're not able to have the blessings and the freedom that God desires for you because we are too carnal too worldly. We don't think like God. And if we don't think like God, then we cannot obey and follow God. So we have to beware. Beware or be aware of the enemy's seeds. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Say this with me, please. I must must be aware aware of the enemy's enemy's seeds. So what are these? These are the ideas that the enemy plants into your head that oppose God, also known as lies. Eve, the enemy planted a a lie in Eve's mind and she took of the fruit that she was not supposed to take take of and then she was able later to say, he deceived me. He tricked me. We've got to be careful, church, because some of us still believe some things that are not true. Some of us can believe some things that uh, our parents taught us or our grandparents taught us. So I don't know if you can see this little caterpillar on my uh, mouth or not, but I was uh, I had cut it off a while back in Van Wert because I'm not saying that these kids were prejudiced or racist or nothing like that. They just don't get to hang around with chocolate men too much, right? So I was with them, right? And I had my mustache going, and one of the little kids said, you look like Steve Harvey. I'm like, what? (laughs) Steve Harvey? Your parents are watching entirely too much Family Feud. There are more black people in the world than Steve Harvey. Then I had another little kid tell me when I had my mustache on. He said, you look like Martin Luther King. Am I now every black man with a mustache? Right? But sometimes, okay, so this is where racism, and I'm not saying it was racism. This is innocent, okay? But this is where racism and prejudice can come from because it can be learned. And you don't even understand that it's in your heart until the Holy Spirit can check you. For instance, you can be at the grocery store or pumping gas and a different colored man start walking towards you. And if you instantly respond in fear just because of their color, then that's something that's rooted in you that's not truth. So you need to let the Holy Spirit fix that thing. Well, mom said, be careful around those kind of people. Or dad said, be careful around those kind of people. A lie was planted into your heart, and it's still producing the fruit even today. And only the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. So don't any of you say, oh, not me, uh, because let God expose it. Like, don't do your own self-examination. So Matthew 13, 24 through 26 tells us this. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. What kind of seed? Good seed. So even though we're listening to the Bible and we're we're, we're running and chasing hard after God, we're doing like David and planting the word of God in our hearts so we won't sin against us. uh, So that we won't sin against him. We're trying to do everything right that we can to obey God. But listen to what happened. Verse 25. But that night, as the workers slept, 
his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. So while we've been following Christ, we've been having some very good fruit come up in our lives. But at times we must remember that the enemy also has seed that he plants. God's seed is called truth. The enemy's seed is called lies. And if, we, if we're not careful, we can allow these seeds to grow into us and have a profound impact on our lives. I'd like Elder Eric to come up at this time. He's going to share a testimony uh, from his childhood, something that happened to him. Uh, as, and we can see how deceitful and how cunning the enemy can be to plant bad seed in us, even as a child. Aren't we enjoying the word? Amen. I won't be short, praise the Lord, but I'm just excited about living for the Lord. You know, I was a child, as I was a child coming up. My dad, I went to visit my dad. And uh, him and some of his buddies, they were, you know, hanging out. And uh, so when I walked up, he said, well, this is my son. He said, that's what they say. And you know, that really cut me to my heart. You know, and uh, but anyway, for a long time, for years, that really bothered me. But then when I accepted Christ, I tell you the truth will definitely set you free. When I begin to read and stay out the word and the Lord said, when your mother and your father forsake you, he said, I'll be there to take you up. Yeah. Amen. He said, praise God, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. And I thank the Lord, amen, for the truth. Amen, because as the pastor said, the word said, you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Excellent job. I remember hearing that testimony for the first time in our men's huddle group on Saturday mornings, and it broke my heart like, ah. And that's just how mean the enemy is, even to a child. To hear that as a child, here's my son, so they say. So the enemy plants those seeds into your life, and you can be an adult and still hurting. Some of you had things happen to you as a child, or maybe your husband or your wife or ex said something to you, and that thing is still growing inside of you. You need the truth to come along and replace that, just like it did for Elder Chuck back there. Let's give him a hand for sharing that testimony this morning. So we must learn how to guard the soil of our heart with the power of God. So I've talked about it. Well, here's how to do it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5 say this. For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. Church, can you say spiritual warfare? It's spiritual warfare to begin to strike down some of those lies we've been believing for a long time. It takes the power of God to uproot those things. Counseling can help. Counseling can soothe. But counseling sometimes is just like taking a lawnmower over dandelions. You might get the tops of them, right? But wait a week or two. And those dandelions will be flourishing again. 
So this means that we've got to go to the root of the hurt, the root of the lie, and allow God to pull it up out of us and then replace it with his truth and his goodness. So let's continue. Verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, okay? Weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing, every thought that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. So we live in a world that is controlled by a a God with a little G right now, which is the devil. And what he does through media, through people, through music, through movies, is he takes these seeds and throws them all over the world. Uh, do you know what it's called? So if, if I wanted to, if I wanted to um, fertilize my yard, right, w- with, a, with a, a tool or an instrument, I'd pour the seed into the thing and I'd push it. And you know what that's called? A broadcaster broadcast, spreads far. So you got to be careful about the media sometimes. You got to be careful about the broadcast of music, the broadcast of media, the broadcast of, of enemies, and the broadcaster of the enemy, all right? And what we do when a lie hits us that the enemy wants us to believe, we use the spiritual power of God that he's given us And we tear it out and say, you know what? This won't grow here. That is a lie. It happened to me this morning as I was leaving home. The enemy planted a seed in my mind about, you know what? Your natural family really doesn't support you at church. You really don't see. I've got brothers and uh, cousins and uh, different people that live in this city, you know, that, that don't even come to this church, don't even support me. So he planted that lie early in the morning in my heart. Why? To bring me down. He's a thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So anytime he plants a seed in your life, that lie has that agenda attached to it. But before I even made it to the car, I dealt with the enemy. And said, you know what? That is a lie. I've got a church family. And they love me and they support me. And I'm going to go and I'm going to feed them and I'm going to love them. And if I need them, they're there for me. You see how that works? The enemy comes with a lie and through the power of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of me, the spirit of truth says, no, I blocked that seed. Damien, don't you believe that lie? Here's the truth. Church, can you say this with me? Holy Spirit, I thank you. For truth. He is the spirit of truth. He is God on earth leading us and guiding us into all truth. So church, listen, guarding the soil of your heart begins with determining if it's true. Don't you ever, ever, ever let every thought have access to your heart. Don't believe every thought that comes into this thing. Don't let it be planted in the soil of your heart. If it's going to make it to your heart, you've got to determine, number one, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is this true? Do you know what depression is? 
Depression is meditation on things that aren't God's truth, allowing them to speak to you and minister to you. Depression is opening up your heart to say, okay, every belief now has access to me. If the devil says, I'm fat, I'm no good, I'll never be married, I'll never have children, I'll always be poor, I'll live check to check, my dad died at 70, so I'm going to die at 70, do not open your heart to the lies of the enemy. You've got to guard your heart. Guard your heart and say, Lord, help me not to believe some of those things I've been believing about myself. And show me, God, something that I believe that is not true so that I can produce the fruit of righteousness. In closing here, we're going to learn how to grow or have or obtain a peaceful heart. So guarding the soil of your heart is not only defensive, but offensive. Not only what you prevent from growing, but what you plant. The meditations of your heart. I'll tell you something I've been doing this week that's really been blessing me. I'll hop on YouTube and I'll type in words of Jesus. And I'll just listen to everything that Jesus said. Because the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that's what grows me. That's what grows your spirit, man, is when you hear the word of God. So I've been listening to what Jesus has to say. I'm telling you, it is so freeing. It is so powerful to know the truth, to allow him to have access to the soil of your heart alone. So you know what? Depression, you can't plant anything here. Lies, you can't plant anything here. Jesus, I open my heart to you. Faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. You, you all, brothers and sisters, you need to expose yourself to more hearing. Here's something else you must know. You're seeing what you're sowing. So what are you saying about yourself or your life? The Bible says that you are snared by the words of your mouth. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if you walk around saying, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, what's your bank account going to look like? Broke. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm this. I'm that. That is very powerful. Do you know how God created this world? With words. Be careful what you speak because what you speak, you will soon see. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. We're wrapping this up now. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So this is what we should see when God grows the garden of our hearts. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So how do we continue to grow a peaceful heart? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. So here's something you must know as we talk about being rooted in truth. What roots are, are really thoughts. Your roots are thoughts. And if you're not thinking truth, you're not going to produce truth. If you're thinking lies, you'll produce lies. So we've got to listen to what the word says right here as we close down. Philippians 4, verses, verse 6, it says this. This is what the word says. Don't worry about anything. Hear me? Hear me? We're closing down. You'll be eating in 30 minutes. Listen. Don't worry about anything. 
Why? Because you open your heart for the planting of the enemy's seeds when you worry. Worry is the broadcast of the enemy. Be afraid. Be scared. Be depressed. Okay, okay, okay. And just allowing that thing to happen. So what the word of God says this, don't worry about anything. Church, can you say instead? Instead, Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. So instead of, of worrying about what you don't have, you turn it into a prayer. How do I guard my heart? Anytime I have a worry, I flip it and say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm just going to pray and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe him at his word that no matter what happens, his word cannot fail. No matter how close to the bill being due, no matter how sick I am or how sick I feel, I know that his word cannot fail. So I'm going to just keep believing him. I'm not going to worry. Instead, I'm going to pray. And pray by praying. We'll see what happens, okay? Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The whole series is titled Rooted in Truth. Make sure all your thoughts run upwards towards God and get rid of the thought ceilings and the, and the stones, uh, the cares of this world so that we might produce that peace that comes from God. Verse eight, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts, okay? Aim your roots on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So if you're tired of being depressed, if you're tired of being worried, some of you are stuck in fear because of your miscalculations. You think that you can't afford the new car. You think that you can't afford the apartment or afford the house because you haven't turned that worry into prayer. Prayer shuts down worry. It shuts down the mouth of the enemy that's been feeding you these lies so that God's peace can enter in. When I pray, I have peace. When I worry, I have stress. Finally, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, and this will take us home. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. See our roots run up so that our fruits come down from heaven. If your roots run down, then your fruits will come from the ground. The cares of this world, sadness, suicidal thoughts, depression, all that stuff is of the world because your roots are running down. You've got to flip your roots to run up. How do you do that? I'm worried about this and it's depressing me. Okay, let's flip that to a prayer. God, I'm not going to worry about anything. I trust you. I love you. You're good to me. And then his fruit comes down and we receive that peace. Okay? 
All right. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Church, listen to this. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So that's where our new heart is. We live from him. Verse four. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Here's what we do. Here's how we weed. All right. Here's how we get rid of those wrong fruits in our life. Verse five. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do those things when your life was still part of this world. See, when your roots were growing down. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which bind us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Can you please stand this morning? Sometimes you'll have a fruit, a care of this world that's growing in you and the Holy Spirit will let you know. For instance, a while back, I had let someone borrow some money and they always repaid it, right? But still, I really didn't have peace about doing it. And the last time I did it, they were unable to pay me back, so they said, all right? So I felt something growing. You know what that, you know what it is, don't you? <laughs> felt something growing in me that I didn't like. And I was taking a shower, right? And you know what? I said, Lord, man, like, I consider this person an enemy now. Like, basically, they stole from me. And then the truth came. And he said, what did I tell you to do to your enemies? Bless them. So you know what I did? I sent this person some more money. Sent them some more money, right? And then... When I finally heard from them, I just said, you know what, man? You can just have it. You can just have it. Because if I would not have released myself from that, then I would have continually had that fruit growing in my heart. Whenever I thought about this person, I would be bitter. And you know who taught me that? My natural father as well. 
he told me a similar story where he had let someone borrow some money and said, I promise I'll pay you back. I promise I'll pay you back. I promise I'll pay you back. And he felt that anger rising in him. Is it just me and my dad? None of you? That doesn't happen to any of you? Maybe I should have been quiet. I don't know. But you got to fix that thing growing in your heart against people. And say, you know what? It's not worth me missing heaven and multiple blessings by keeping you as a prisoner of my heart. So when I free you, I free me too. And you know what? You weren't my source anyway. What I gave you came from God. And so the rest of what I get will come from God anyway. And church, we got to learn how to begin to release those that have hurt us. Because if you don't, they'll keep broadcasting seeds. And the memories will keep coming back. And that fruit of bitterness, that root will still remain. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the word of God that you've given us today. May we not be hearers of the word only, but doers of this word as well. Rooted in truth. Who is the truth? Not what is the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. All of our thoughts must be rooted in him. May our thoughts be divine. May our thoughts be heavenly so that our fruit is divine as well. Holy Spirit, shift us from living from inside the carnal self, the carnal mind, the sinful mind, and move us to the mind of the Spirit. We have the mind of Christ so that we can be fruitful towards God. We thank you for this message, God. May we guard the soil of our heart. Even the people we love sometimes might speak some untruths or make us feel a certain way or even try to pull us away from God. May we guard our hearts even from those moments. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give someone the opportunity. maybe. That